You know, so many times when we think about being a Christian, we think about the negatives, don't we? You shall not do this, or you shall not do that. And that either takes us in a wrong direction that gives us a negative view of God. Many of you, that was your experience in church. So you see God as a don't do that kind of God. Amen? That, that you're going to get in trouble because you're going to mess up. Or it takes us in another, another wrong direction of making lists of things that we're not supposed to do. And if we don't do those things, we think we're good little Christians. We think we've done all the right things and that we're pleasing to God. But you and I need to realize something. We serve a good God. Did you know that? We serve a God who has a good message. His message is called the good news. The Bible says He wants to bring us life. He wants to bring us blessing. He wants to bring us fulfillment. Good things, not bad things. Did you know the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20 that Jesus is God the Father's eternal yes. Think about that. Now, there's a lot going on in that passage. It's basically about the faithfulness of God. And what it's saying is, is that God does not go back on His promises. Jesus is God's yes to all His promises. He's not saying sometimes yes, sometimes maybe, sometimes no. Jesus is God's forever yes. Someone said this, Jesus reveals the promises of God. He fulfills the promises of God. And Jesus enables us to claim the promises of God. Jesus is God's eternal yes. Isn't that interesting? He's not God's eternal no. Jesus is yes. In fact, many times when you read the shall nots in the Bible, have you ever thought that sometimes it is more effective to say something in a not way than in a positive way? Sometimes it gets the point across in a little bit different angle, doesn't it? So when God says you shall not steal, what he's saying is that he values work. The good truth is, is that God values hard work. That God wants us to value other people's hard work and not take that away wrongly, right? You shall not lie means that God values what? Truth. Truth is a good thing, right? Truth is the reality of what's going on. It's what, when we deal with each other, we can have a relationship. So many times, those even negatives that we see are just different powerful ways to emphasize the positives. So with that in mind, we've been talking about our mouth. We've been talking about our words. And here again, we tend to think of that in terms of negatives. I've got to be careful about how I use my mouth. I can't say those things. I need to be careful about expressing myself. I can't use that bad language. And certainly that's something we need to be aware of. We talked about that last time, right? We need to be careful not to use our mouths to hurt other people. But if that is all you're thinking of when you think about your mouth, you are missing lots of good things that God wants to do through your life. Friends, I cannot emphasize this strongly enough. God is not just saying, you better be careful how you use your mouth. God is saying, listen, I believe it is a ploy of the enemy to put us on the defensive. 
He's basically got us just worried about not doing the wrong things. And we're so occupied with that, we miss out on many great, wonderful things. Words can do great things. We said a few weeks ago, God created everything by words. Wow. We said that God spoke. Think about that. We have the Bible because God did what? God spoke. God did, God did not avoid, just avoid negatives. God did something very powerful. He told us how we can know Him. And He told us how we can walk with Him because God spoke. Jesus is called the Word of God. The Word, the message of God. God speaking to us. Jesus came in the flesh to show us who God is. And how we can have a relationship with Him. There are many good words that have been spoken that we think about. I think about some famous words. Martin Luther King Jr. His I have a dream speech spurred the civil rights movement for black Americans. John F. Kennedy said, Ask not what your country can do for you, but you finish it. Well, how about that? A room full of all these people remember 1961. And in less than a decade after that, in 1969, a nation was inspired to do great things. And we had people standing on the moon. Wow. In 1981. Uh, President Reagan, actually I believe it was 1987, President Reagan said these words, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. And as a result of that, it, it started the end of the Cold War and the fall of communism in the Soviet Union. I think about Dr. Billy Graham. How many times in my life, how many people as a pastor I have spoken to that have turned on something called a television and an image of a man and his words speaking have allowed you and I to enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because a guy halfway around the world with a hick accent like me, no disrespect to Dr. Graham, but, but, a, but a country accent like me can say the word of God. And I remember as a little boy, I remember so much when I wasn't as involved in church God was using the words of that man and so many of you to lead me into a relationship with himself. Certainly all of us can think of good words that people have spoken in our lives. Amen? Can't you right now? Can't you think of a Sunday school teacher? Can't you think of a Bible study teacher? Can't you think of a pastor on the radio or here in church that has said something that God used to speak to your heart? Can't you think of words that your spouse has said in front of other people that just brought joy to your heart that my spouse feels that way? Can't you think of words that a coach said about you? Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody, come over here. This person is doing exactly what I'm asking you to do. And what'd you do? Just, wow, I'm good at this. Coach thinks that I can do this thing. A friend challenging you. Maybe you were going astray. You were getting off the path. 
and a friend saying, listen, I love you. I'm not trying to get in your face, but I'm just saying to you, this is not a good direction. A mentor, a public figure. We just mentioned some of those that would say inspiring words from a distance. Think about that. Somebody opened. You've been scared the last few weeks, haven't you? You've been scared. Remember I talked about the cage of teeth surrounded by a wall of your mouth? I've been thinking about that a lot because my teeth would spring open. The cage would spring open. I think that wild animal is about to get out. Amen. So close the walls. Amen. Get the, bring up the moat. Close the wall. Don't let him out. Right? But when we are led by God, that same tool can be used to do great good. So last time we talked about your words can hurt. But this time, your words can bless. That's what we've been called to. We've been called to be a blessing. Isn't that great? God has called us to use our bodies, including our mouth, to be a blessing. And our mouths are a huge part of that. So let's talk about that. What does the Bible say about that? First of all, the Bible says that you can speak words of encouragement. Write that down. We can edify, it's kind of a biblical word, but it just literally means, it means build up. We can build up the life of other people with our words. Wow. Amen. It does upset me that the enemy has gotten such a hold on our mouths that the best that we can think of is just not saying the wrong thing. But our words have incredible power to lift up other people. I want to give you some scriptures that talk about that. First of all, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Great passage about your mouth. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification. There it is. According to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. The Bible says only speak what builds others. That's a great parameter, isn't it? That's a great principle, isn't it? I'm about to open the cage. I'm about to let the wall open. Is what's about to come out going to be what? Helpful, right? Is it going to build or is it going to tear down? He says only use things that are helpful for the moment and that give grace. Colossians chapter 4. Verse 6 says, let your speech always, that sounds like every time, right? Let your speech always be with grace as though seasoned with salt. I'm going to sprinkle a little grace on there before it comes out. Amen. It's not quite right yet. I'm going to sprinkle a little bit of grace on there before it comes out of my mouth. So that you will know how you should respond to each person. Being gracious, bringing grace out of your mouth, being thoughtful. Doesn't it sound like in those two passages? I'm being very thoughtful about you, right? The individual moment, the individual person. What is going to be best for you is my mouth being used with grace for this moment. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 23. A man has joy in an apt answer, and how delightful is a timely word. You ever had somebody say something at just the right time? Boy, I see it on Facebook all the time. Boy, thanks for that. I needed that. Amen? 
I got up this morning. I hated life. I was tired of everything. I was going to quit my job. I mean, really, truly. And all you had to do was open up Facebook and somebody gave a Bible verse and that changed your mind. Wow. That is powerful, isn't it? Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25 says this. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down, but a good word makes it glad. Some Christians use that phrase. I I like that. That's a good word. People use that phrase. Pastor Robbie, I appreciate that. That was a good word. Or or maybe somebody gave you an encouragement. Hey, thanks, brother. That was a good word. That's biblical. That was something I needed and helped me in this moment. Proverbs 25, verse 11. Like apples of gold and settings of silver. So you hear what's being described? Precious jewelry, right? Like apples of gold, God's creation, beauty, we were talking about beauty set among value. Like beauty set in great value is a word spoken in right circumstances. Are you paying attention? Your words are one of the most powerful tools that God can use to do His work in the lives of other people. Last week I was talking with you about, the, or a couple weeks ago, about the bad use of our mouth about how we can use our mouth in hurtful ways. And you may remember I shared this story about my mom. And I was playing football with my buddies, and I was using the Lord's name kind of loosely, and she called me up, hey, buddy, sit down here, let's read some scripture. And my mom opened me up to the Ten Commandments, and I read about you should not take the Lord's name in vain. Well, actually, as I was preparing for that message, the Lord just kind of spoke to me. I appreciate my mom. I appreciate that example. And I thought to myself, well, actually, I think the Lord put on my heart. Then why don't you tell her? I was like, you know what? I don't know if I've ever told my mom I remember that story. You see, you hear where I'm going? I've thought about that many times over the years, but I honestly didn't know if my mom knew that I remembered it and I appreciate it. And I just thought for a second, well, let her know. So I sent my mom a text. I said, Mom, hey, you might remember I was playing football with my buddy. And, you know, and she said, yeah, I remember. You know, I said, well, I just want to let you know I've never forgotten that. And, it, and God really used it in my life. Man, I could just tell. Can you imagine as a parent? Amen. I mean, doesn't that make you just like, oh, it was worth it all. Well, not quite all, but (laughs) it it was more worth it, right? All the diapers, all the late nights, all the word, all the prayers. Thank you, God, for a glimpse of something. Amen. And then my mom sent me a text about, it just blew me away, just how she had seen God's hand on my life from the very beginning. I mean, she came back with like, really sweet. She did better than me. I was like, no, I'm supposed to be encouraging you, right? <laughs> and I thought to myself, you know, it's like dominoes, isn't it? Maybe we should just, we should treat this blessing thing like dominoes. We should just go around because you think about it. So now she probably went and talked with her husband and said, hey, you know, it was kind of cool. You know, I don't know if my mom would say cool, but she would say, hey, it was kind of neat. Robbie texted me today, and it was just really a blessing, so that blesses him. She's talking to the grandkids, and maybe one of them's using God's name a little loosely. She says, listen, your Uncle Rob, you know, when he was your age, I spoke to him about this, and God really used that in his life. Maybe you need to think about it. And it just keeps on going. Wow. What an incredible thing. Dominoes for God. I like that idea. Maybe that's a new idea, right? Just keep the dominoes going. If you've never heard this or thought intentionally about it, I want you to stop and mark it in your mind. God 
I'm serious, friends. This is a huge life changer. For the rest of my life, I want to intentionally use my mouth to build other people. Listen. Thank you for what you do. Hey, you're really good at this. I've seen a lot of people do this before, but you are really talented at that. You're gifted. I I look up to you. I'm proud of you. I determined a few years ago, there's some young men in our family, and my kids as well. Every time I see them or I'm leaving their presence for an extended period of time, we're saying we're visiting family, I give them a hug and I say, I'm proud of you. I want to pour in. Amen? I want to pour into them. I want to build into them. I want them, if the enemy ever starts attacking them and they wonder if they're any good, I want them to remember that somebody believed in them and that's evidence that God believes in them. Wow. Can I tell you something? If you will take this seriously, not just another message, if you will take this as a message from God to you as His servant, you have a lot of good things to look forward to. You're going to have a lot of fun in life. I promise you, this is awesome. Your kids, a timely word God puts on your heart to pour into them, you can see your kids grow three inches in your very eyes. It's hard as an appearance. We have a lot of things that we need to say that aren't as pleasant, but we need to try to offset that with at least as many things that are positive and encouraging to them. Your spouse having someone finally in their life that believes in them unconditionally, and they begin to blossom. Your co-workers, somebody feels like, I'm about to ready to quit. Now, don't do that. You're, this, you are awesome at this. Don't let everybody else get you down. You are great at this job. You're the best I've ever seen at doing this before. Friends, I want you to listen to me carefully. The enemy does not want this to catch on here in our church family. Unfortunately, In churches across this world, there's a lot of discouragement. There's a lot of sucking wind out of sails. It is not right. It is wrong. It is driven by our own sin nature. We need to confess that before God, ask us to change it. But if we would determine with great intentionality that I want to go around finding someone I can build... Great day. Praise the Lord. I get to be partners with God in seeing a life get stronger. You're going to have some awesome things happen, and God's going to get glorified. So the first way we can use our words to bless is by speaking words of encouragement. But secondly, you can speak words of faith. Listen to Psalm 109, verse 30. With my mouth, you say it. With my mouth. That wasn't you saying it. Say it again. With my mouth. I've been reading the Bible lately with this in mind. There are a lot of verses about us speaking. Almost every passage I read now is like something about with my mouth or what you say. With my mouth, I will give thanks abundantly to the Lord and... In the midst of many, I will praise Him. So there's two things in those verses. I can use my mouth to speak words of faith to God. And I can use my mouth to speak words of faith about God. So let's talk about both of those. First of all, it says, with my mouth, I will give thanks abundantly where? 
to the Lord. Speaking words of faith to God. How do we do that? First of all, write down prayer. Talking to God is one of the greatest things your mouth can do. Would you think about that? The God who created everything listens when you open your mouth. It's powerful, isn't it? Secondly, it's through salvation. One of the greatest prayers that you can ever pray is say, God, I know I need you. I ask you to come into my life. Be my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. That is one of the greatest things you could ever do. Romans chapter 10 says, whoever what? Calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. When you express from your heart, it says if we confess with our mouth, doesn't that what it says? That Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. You can express the desire of your heart through your mouth to God that I want to be a child of God. Third thing is through stating your faith in difficult circumstances. You can, you, can, you can speak words of faith to the Lord when you're in some of the toughest times of your life. Matthew 17, verse 20. He said to them, because of the little... Well, they said, the disciples said, why could we not do this thing? And you can go back and read the passage. He said to them, because of the littleness of your faith, for truly I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, which is very small, tiny... You will what? Look at that. All in God's word is our words. Are our words, is our mouth. You will say to this mountain before you, this big barrier before you, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible to you. You can speak words of faith to God in the midst of a difficult circumstance. God, this is hard, but I choose to trust you by faith. You can do that with your mouth. An encounter with God. Four things through praise. We can speak words of faith to God through praise. There's a passage in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 22, where God's people are faced in the midst of a battle. And it says in verse 22, when they began singing and praising God, the Lord set an ambush against those enemies, so they were routed. Their enemies were defeated. They didn't do any battle. They opened their mouth and praised God, and they won the battle. God fought for them when they just opened their mouth and used it to bring praise to God. In fact, the Bible says that that should be the constant, in a sense, Use of our mouth. Hebrews 13, verse 15. Through him then, through Jesus, let us what? Are you reading it? Let us what? Continually offer up praise, offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. It's very pointed, isn't it? We should have a continual uh, leaning towards just praising God with our lips all throughout the day. Um, and that doesn't mean you have to be singing a, a, a worship song all throughout the day, although that's not a bad thing. But I'm just saying all throughout the day, I'm acknowledging God and I'm using my mouth to express praise to Him all throughout the day. Do you do that? Do you, just say, do you stop throughout the day and say, thank you, Lord? Do you do that? Little things, big things. 
Lord, I've been on hold for 45 minutes. Please, I don't have time for this. Please get me through to the right person. Hi, my name's so-and-so. Can I help you? Thank you, Lord. Do you do that? You say, I love you, Lord. Me and the other day, me and my boys were out fishing. It was so beautiful. Thank you, Lord. I've seen, I, I've never, until I moved to the North Country, I've never seen eagles before. Where I've grown up, there's no, there, were, there weren't eagles. I've seen so many eagles. Drew and I saw three eagles fly directly over our head about as high as the building. Wow, God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I love you, Lord. You're be- they're beautiful. They're a reminder to me. You're beautiful. Thank you for sharing that beauty with us today. Amen. Just continually, God, I love you. I appreciate you. I worship you. You're great. You're working in my life. I'm struggling, but I trust you. The last thing's through singing. Colossians 3, verses 16 and 17. It says, Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or deed, all the time, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. So God wants us to be singing our praises. By the way, I said you don't have to be singing a worship song all the time. But to be honest with you, a lot of my life I'm singing a worship song. To be honest with you, I mean, if I'm just not doing anything, I probably have on Christian radio filling my thoughts with worship songs. Amen? Because I love the Lord. I want to be reminded about Him, and I just want to worship Him. So speaking words of faith to God, but also speaking words of faith about God to other people. That brings glory to God. That's a way to be blessed, using using your mouth for blessing. Think about this. Your words can be used by God to affect someone else's life. Is that not overwhelming? Overwhelming. It's not for some of you because you don't believe it yet. But I dare you. I dare you to start letting God use you in the lives of other people. And you're going to see, God, if I listen to God, and if I obey His prompting, He will use this small mouthpiece sometimes to change a life. Isn't that incredible? Right now, preaching is one way. You know what? We're praying that God will raise up more preachers in our church. And we need more more godly, faithful men of God to be pastors and men and women of God to speak in all kinds of settings, to speak forth the Word of God. Amen? Teaching. What a privilege to share the Word of God in whatever setting that might be. I know some of you that scares you to death. Guess what? Me too. Say, Pastor, you've been doing this a while. Well, I fake it good, okay? (laughs) Seriously. But then when I get over myself, sometimes I describe ministry like this. I've never surfed before, but it feels like maybe what I would think surfing would be like. This is awesome. It's how I feel a lot of the time. But then sometimes I'm like, what on earth am I doing up here? Amen. What a privilege. Get over it, Robbie. Get over it. Somebody actually told me that one time. Get over it. When we had an opportunity to get on Christian radio, I didn't want to do it, honestly. There's not many times when I would just say, I don't want to do that. But I said, I don't want to do it. Because I don't want that many people hearing anything I have to say. And then some brothers in the Lord found out about that. And they said, 
You need to get over it. If God has opened a door for, for you, your mouth to be used, what right do you have to close it? Boom. Amen. So guess what I did? I got on Christian radio. Amen. Singing. God deserves to be celebrated, to be honored, to be shouted about. Jesus said, if we don't praise Him, the rocks are going to cry out. When God is in the room, your chair is shaking. Say something. Say something. The God of the universe is in our midst. Somebody praise. Amen. Can I just tell you something? Many of you know right now I'm having some voice trouble. Praise the Lord, I'm able to speak and preach. But I pretty much can't sing. It kills me. I love to sing. I love to just... <clears throat> yes, that's it. And, and listen, some of you guys, I'm not, I'm not a weirdo, okay? I just love the Lord. And I just want to tell, I just want to belt it out. Thank you, God. Christ is enough for me. I want to sing that. Okay, right now I can't. So how dare you hold back? Sing for me. Amen? Sing for me. I say that. When you guys are singing, sing, people. I say it. Sing. The king is in the room. Sing to him, please. And lastly, we speak words of faith by witnessing, by sharing Christ with other people. Every person in the world needs a Savior. And if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you know the Savior. How could we hold back? Amen? One of the greatest things you can do in your lifetime is to reveal through your mouth for God to reveal to someone that they can know Him. Now I know we all nervous about that and freak out. There's lots of reasons and all that. But ultimately, i got to find a way to get it out. Amen? Not because I'm defensive and mad and angry and fighting, but because I love people and I want everyone to know. At least I can't make them, but I can at least somehow lovingly share that there's hope. That there's, there's the opportunity, if you will receive it, for God to be your Savior. We're talking about using your mouth to be a blessing. Isn't it amazing? How could it not get you excited to come to church? People walked in the doors today needing something from God. And because Katie prayed about the songs, because she was faithful to lead them, God spoke to somebody. At the very beginning, at the very outset, if I don't hear something within five minutes, I'm just going to leave. And God used her words and their words to encourage you. Somebody maybe is going to accept Jesus as your personal Savior in just a few moments. Wow. You're forever changed. Why? Not because we opened a building. If we opened a building and just milled around and didn't say anything, we'd all left just exactly like we came in. We opened our mouth in some ways and people heard the good news. Why wouldn't we want to get in on that? Amen. Mo, it's not just here. There's people at your work that need. They're not, they're not coming to the service. They're not going to listen to Christian radio. You're God's mouthpiece to get that message out somehow. How would they know? As, as many people said, you're the only Bible 
many people are ever going to read. The last thing is this. You can speak words of direction. We can speak words of encouragement. I love it. You can speak words of faith to God. Oh, creation, cry out to this great God. We can speak words of faith about God to other people. We can speak words of direction. Sometimes God wants to use people to speak to other people about ways He's wanting to lead them. Now, that's not easy sometimes, is it? It's not easy to be God's servant as He's trying to lead someone else. But just because we share hard words does not mean we're sharing the wrong words. Just because something's uncomfortable doesn't mean it's not to be shared. Let's talk about a few ways God uses our words to help other people. First of all, wise counsel. We'll start with the easy one. Okay. Now, I say easy, not because wise counsel is easy, but easiest in terms of least uncomfortable. Proverbs 10, verse 13. On the lips of the discerning, wisdom is found. Wisdom is knowing what is true and understanding how to apply it to real life. Isn't it great to be around people like that? They've walked with God. They have a good sense of what He's doing and how He works. And they can help you apply it to your life. Isn't that awesome? Isn't it great to have people like that who give us direction for our lives? Sometimes we find ourselves in difficult situations, amen, that we can't figure out, that we can't understand on our own, and God wants to use us or someone else in our lives to be His servants to help provide direction. This week, God used someone in my life, a friend of mine, to help me realize something that happened 25 years ago was still affecting my life in a deeper way than I realized. Something I thought I had put to bed. God used a friend of mine to help me understand and to work through and to begin working through in a way that I need to. Now think about that. I needed some change in my life. I needed some help. And because a friend of mine opened his mouth for God, I believe God really worked in my life in a major way this week. Wow. Thank the Lord for wise counsel. Amen. All right, let's get a little bit harder here. Correction. Now, I'll be honest with you, I don't like to use the word correction or discipline in church. Not because I'm afraid to speak about hard things. Because I have to speak about hard things often as, a, as an under-shepherd of the Lord in people's lives. But I've heard too many Christians who enjoy using that terminology. Christians will ask me, Pastor Robbie, what do we do for church discipline in this church? I say, good night. I mean, what are you mad about? Well, you know, why aren't we ready to go get somebody? There is a time for correction and discipline. And on the other end, some parents need to kind of swing that direction. But I'm afraid that we see it as way too negative or pessimistic. This is very important. God is a God of good news. Even in judgment, we find Him crying out with opportunities for mercy. God is not willing for anybody to be judged. He's not happy about that. He wants us to experience life and forgiveness. Listen, even the words correct shun or discipline, what's at the front of correct shun? Correct. What's at the front of discipline? 
You can see disciple, right? The point of correction is to get us in a right direction. It's not primarily a punishment thing. It's to help us get back to a right place. The point of discipline is not to be punishing someone. It's to bring them back into a place where God can work again and bless them and use them. We've just made a very negative thing. Listen to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 25. This is speaking to God's servants. It says, this is, the Lord's bondservant, verse 24, must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, able to teach, patient when wronged. Verse 25. With gentleness, correcting those who are in opposition. If perhaps, do you hear that gentleness, right? If perhaps God may grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth. And they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. So I'm not fighting someone going astray. I'm hurting for them, right? I'm longing for them to to find and to fulfill God's purpose for their life because the enemy has given them some lies. So our purpose, our point is to be used by God to help them see something that's getting them off track so that they can get back on track. We're not doing it because we enjoy pointing out faults and making people look bad. The last thing is this. We can be people that God uses our mouths to speak words of direction by defending the defenseless. This is very important. Proverbs 31, verse 8. Open your mouth for the mute. What does mute mean? For someone that can't speak, right? Open your mouth for those who can't speak for the rights of all the unfortunate. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and defend the rights of the afflicted and the needy. There are people in this world who are being mistreated. And they cannot defend themselves. Sometimes the most godly thing you can do is be someone's what? Voice. Imagine not being able to speak up for yourself. And somebody speaks up for you. Again, that's not fun, is it? That's not comfortable. But if you let God use you in that way, your words will be used for blessing. And by the way, it could, it could be one of the most blessed uses of all. Think about it. Standing up for someone who's being taken advantage of and cannot help themselves. is hard, but it might be one of the most Christ-like things you could ever do. Maybe we need to think about that right now. Who are some people in this world who do not have a voice? And should we as believers be speaking up? I'm not even going to ask that question. Should we as believers be speaking up? That's an easy answer, right? The question is, who is it? And what do we need to do to speak up for them? I want to ask you to bow your heads for just a moment. I said at the beginning that, unfortunately, we think of being careful what not to say. And I believe the enemy has given us that perspective because he does not want us saying all the wonderful things that our mouths can be used to say, to bless. Okay, if God's speaking to you about some negative way your mouth's been used, then let's deal with that. Do a good thing with your mouth. Confess it. God, I'm sorry for what I've been saying. That is not honoring to you. 
please forgive me. God, help me to change. That's a great way to start. But more than that, right now, what are some really great things that my mouth could do for God's glory in the lives of other people? Probably most of us don't have hardly a clue because we've never thought about it. And I believe God's wanting to speak to us about that. Don't just avoid the negative. Actively look for people that you can build up with your mouth. I called you to be a blessing. And one of the greatest tools you have is your mouth. Father, I pray for your followers all over this room right now. Lord, we struggle. I mean, I'm, I'm preaching these things. And daily, I struggle. Please help us. If there's something specific that we need to deal with, please show us. Help us, God, to to be willing to confess it with our mouth. Lord, help us to be super intentional about, man, there's so much negative in this world. I want God's good news to flow out of me. God, just let me be a little ray of sunshine everywhere I go. People see that God is still at work. There is still hope. There's healing. There's help. And as His children are praying about that right now, I want to ask those of you that do not yet know Him, would you use your mouth to sing the greatest song of all? Oh God, I need you. I admit it. I open my mouth because I'm opening my heart. Please forgive me, God. I want to be your child. Please wash my sins away. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. I'm so sorry for what I've done. But I thank you for your grace and your forgiveness. Father, I know those words bring great joy to your heart. And we rejoice with you and the angels at the sound of those prayers being prayed right now. In Jesus' wonderful name that we express with love and admiration and thanksgiving. In his name, amen.